This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcast every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 on KUCI, 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Raised as an atheist, our guest today, Sarah Miles, lived a happy, secular life as a restaurant cook and a writer. Then, early one morning, for no earthly reason, she wandered into an Episcopal church, took communion, and was transformed. Before long, she turned the bread she ate at communion into tons of groceries piled on the church's altar to be given away. Miles's new book, Take This Bread, A Radical Conversion, is the story of that transformation. A former editor at Mother Jones Magazine, she's also the author of How to Hack a Party Line. Her work has appeared in the New York Times Magazine, The New Yorker, The Progressive, and Salon. Sarah Miles, welcome to Weekly Signals. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm delighted to be in San Francisco. It's 70 degrees. Yeah, well, that's, that's where you live, right? That's right. Okay, and, and was it 70 degrees that day you walked into? Uh, was it, <laughs> you know, what? I, I think I would have remembered if it was. It was <laughs> yeah. probably one of those uh, chilly, foggy, nasty mornings. So, so uh, what was the transformation like? I mean, I, you know, I as... I'm someone who doesn't believe necessarily in in uh, uh, catharsis. I, I think that things change slowly, and I'm just wondering: is was it that kind of change for you, or was this just a, a little dim light that lit up in your head that gave you a direction? It was um, it was a very startling experience, okay. but I think that it's also true that people change over time, and that what happened to me in that moment continued to unfold over over years. What did it, it had become then kind of manifest in the physical what was going on in the communion for you then? I think that's right. I think what happened to me was the sense that communion was absolutely literal, uh-huh. that it was about bread, it was about bodies, and it was about taking care of and feeding each other. Yeah. So uh, you, you went in there, you, you had this experience. Now, did you... Did anything happen that day other than just walking out of the church in contemplation, or did you decide? Oh, I burst into tears. Oh, really? What is happening to me? I don't Uh, believe this. I don't believe in God. Why why do I experience God? uh I put that piece of bread in my mouth, and I thought, this can't be happening. Um, the, The sensation that it was true, that that piece of bread, which was real bread, was Jesus's body was true. But I had no history of going to church. I'd never been to church in my life. This was my first communion. And I had spent my life as a journalist, which is to say somebody who looks for logic and explanation and things that can be proved. So, yeah, I would say the rest of that day, all I did was cry and think, that was weird. <laughs> so how, how uh, now you, you, you have a, a circle of friends and family and what was the reaction that uh, that they had to? Uh, well, did, how did you approach them after this happened? Well, as it turns out, of course, they were they were all incredibly kind to me. Mm. Um, but I was afraid to tell anybody because I didn't know anybody who was a Christian. Mm. I was afraid that I'd wind up sounding like a complete religious nut. And I think it, my family and friends, quite rightly, were pretty appalled by the political uses of Christianity <laughs> um, and thought. And I was afraid that they would think all of a sudden I was going to begin ranting about 
stem cell research. <laughs> well, thank God you went into an Episcopal church and not a Baptist one. I well, guess. you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, well, now, how, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, and how, in what ways has has your uh, I say conversion? I don't know. What, you call it a conversion, right? Sure. Okay. How has how has that impacted your secular view of life? Well, you know, it, it in lots of ways I have the same life, but mm-hmm. I think in very profound ways I feel more connected to other people, mm-hmm. um, more um, driven to work with other people instead of in a solitary way, as I did when I was a writer. Um, I still write, obviously, um, but I think it really has pushed me into seeing the ways that people are connected and seeing what I have to do. Uh, if I actually believe that people are brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Sarah Miles. The book is Take This Bread, A Radical Conversion. Now, you went uh, and started you, you uh, started collecting food soon afterward and bringing it to the church. Uh, did you run into any difficulties? I mean, did, you, did people look at you and say, hey, you're the writer, you're the atheist, what are you doing yeah, with this project. No, you know, what I, what I did was, after actually it took about a year, mm-hmm. after a year of receiving communion right around this altar, I had a picture that we should take the altar one day during the week and turn it into a kind of gigantic farmer's market and give away groceries to hungry people, to anybody who came. And I began to work with the San Francisco Food Bank, which is a local nonprofit. There's one in every state. Uh, that buys food and collects donated food and sells it at very low cost to nonprofits and churches. Um, and so we began to open the church, the very sanctuary, putting food on the altar and offering it to anybody who came. Yeah. And I think what was really astounding for me to realize was how hungry people are in San Francisco. You think of San Francisco as the foodie capital of the world where Everything is perfect and organic, and that's true. But it's also true that there's so many hungry people. Uh, the rents are so high here that if you work at minimum wage, you're really stuck trying to pay rent and buy food for your family. Yeah. Let me ask you, you as a, as a, a radical, um, and, and you must have had some idea of the teachings of Dorothy Day prior to your conversion. Uh, did, did, have you embraced the uh, Catholic worker and the Dorothy Day model? It sounds like you have. Um, in some ways, I think um, we, we stumbled into a model, and I really respect the Catholic workers. And, in fact, there's a Catholic worker soup kitchen uh, right near my church. Um, what we decided to do, though, was give people groceries um, because it turns out uh, soup kitchens mainly serve single men, and women and kids don't like to go to uh, shelters or soup kitchens. So we give people uh, groceries that they can cook at home with their families. Mm-hmm. But yes, in in the sense of feeding uh, what Dorothy Day called the undeserving poor, mm-hmm. we, we certainly do that. Mm-hmm. We don't make distinctions. We don't ask people to prove themselves or show ID or fill out 23 pages of forms. Um, we offer welcome and food to anybody who comes in. Well, that does, uh, is that different? Because I work with the Catholic worker here in Orange County. Is it different up there? No, or? no, I'm yeah. saying that's oh. exactly what yeah, the okay. Catholic worker does. Uh, that's, yeah, okay, yeah. That they're... is what they do. Yeah, because and I think the, um, the other difference that I notice is that, um, and this is just really the way we evolved, that at this point our food pantry um, feeds 
it, it, it's entirely run by people who came to get groceries and stayed yeah. to help out. Yeah. So it's really run by the people it serves. Well, it is very encouraging to know that there are there is a place in religion and, per, and particularly the Catholic or the Episcopalian Church that will embrace uh, a political maverick, radical, or whatever, because the the very teachings of Jesus are very radical. I and think I think that's right. the thing people and don't understand. I think understand. actually, you know, when you say maverick, in a way it, it, it's true, but I also have talked to people all around the country, and I know the work that people are doing, yeah. and I think that despite the sort of politicized pronouncements about church and, you know, what that means for big debates, there are people all over the country who are doing grassroots organizing and serving the poor um, from all kinds of faith traditions, not just uh, Episcopal or Catholic. Um, but that work is going on, and people are still being moved by the idea that uh, feeding strangers is a way to get close to God. We're speaking with Sarah Miles. The book is Take This Bread. I was wondering, do you have any... Uh... How how do you feel about the dissent going on now within the Anglican Church regarding women priests and sexual orientation? Is has this ever come up at your uh, let's see you're at St. Gregory's there in San Francisco? Right. Well, I think obviously um, my my own parish and my bishop have been incredibly firm about the idea that church is for everybody. Mm-hmm. The point of church is not to exclude people. The point of Jesus's meals was precisely to eat with the wrong people. Um, So Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to simply turn around and say, you're good enough to be in our club. Um, I think the kinds of fights that you see now in the Episcopal Church are fights that are going on in most of the mainstream denominations. They're certainly not quite as ugly as the fights in the Middle Ages when popes would murder each other. (laughs) um, I think that as well as real theological differences, there's a pretty blatant power struggle over power and over property um, that my church is racked by. And um, what can I say? But do you feel, do you feel like you're, you're on the right track? Is, is your, is your faith, I mean, not your personal faith, but is Episcopalians, do you feel like it's going to come out on the right side on, on all of these issues or... Oh, I have complete faith that the portion of the church, uh, the Episcopal Church in America, that is being cast out now for basically following Jesus' commands, um, may be wandering in the desert for a while, but it will lead the whole church forward. Um, I have no doubt at all that this kind of injustice won't stand. Okay. And I just have one more question on that. How How is uh, St. Gregory's doing as far as all that? Are they concerned financially about what the Anglican Church could do, or is this just uh, mainly a, a theological thing going on now in, in how it affects them? Yeah, no, I don't think any of the churches in the U.S. Um, in, in the Diocese of California are facing financial problems about it. I think it's more a question of can we be inclusive and continue to worship with people we don't agree with? And to my mind, um, that's really the challenge for us, for the conservative churches, for the churches around the world, which is what does it mean to break bread with people you don't like? Yeah. Come to people where they are. 
Yeah, exactly. The very heart and soul of the gospel right there. And I want to thank you, Sarah Miles. The book is Take This Bread, A Radical Conversion. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And this is Weekly Signals.